Good morning, friends and new friends. I know that some of you are new, came here after we had already handed the baton, but I just want to say it's so good to meet you. Carlos and Elsian asked us to share something that God was teaching us about, working in us, and so for me, I chose Everyday Wonder. Everyday Wonder, because, well, he's been talking to me about quite a few things in my life, as he does in my devos in the morning, uh, is showing me ways to grow and stuff, but this has been a theme across this year, and so I wanted to share it with you. And I, to do that, I want to introduce our adventure van, Wonder, to you. Here she is in three verses. Yes, I've actually been known to pet her <laughs> when we say goodbye to her. Uh, so this is Wonder, and why did we name her Wonder? Because she has taken us and will take us on to experience many wonders. And she encourages us to stop and smell the roses, because I don't know, some of you know, if you've been around Evergreen at all, you know, this is what Anne's known for. <laughs> Sorry, people on live stream, I walked right away from you, but didn't mean to. Okay, this fast-paced, very focused, very driven woman. So God decided I needed something big to remind me to stop and smell the roses, and wonder kind of fills that boat. But secondly, wonder is a wonder to us because you're talking about a family that for the first 17 years of our marriage, we had disposable cars. In case anybody doesn't know what those are, those are all cars worth no more than $1,000, probably a lot less, and you give them names. You do. You called one of them was the blue cloud. I won't get into all of them because it would uh, not be appropriate. But these cars, <laughs> that's what we had most of the time. And right now we drive 17-year-old cars, each of our vehicles. So nobody's standing around looking at those going, wow. Right? But when we take wonder on the road, wonder causes many people to wonder. We were in Bryce Canyon National Park, and we had just hiked the Fairyland Trail. Don't you love these trail names? Everybody wants to go to Fairyland. We hiked the Fairyland Trail. We get back to the parking lot, which is right by the visitor center, and there were eight people standing in back of wonder, looking at her, kind of in an arc, you know, and asking questions. Well, we found out what they were doing. They said, yeah, we're all guessing what's in your cargo box on the back. So, of course, we let them know what was in, and a couple of them, yeah, we won, we won. You know, it was a contest, but they also had questions for us. And so we answered all those questions, and then we went into the visitor center and to check on a few things. And when we came out, another couple was out there by the van looking at it, walking around it, and talking together back and forth. They happened to be a married couple, and so we stopped, and we gave them a tour, and we heard their story and wonder gave us an opportunity to hear this story of this 50-year-old 50 50 year uh, couple that um, he was an orthopedic surgeon who had had a knee replacement two years before, and there was a mistake made, and he could no longer practice his crack. And so we got this whole story. His wife was from the Netherlands. We, we got to hear what they're doing in his retirement, how he's adjusting to that and all of that. It was a God connection. Wonder led us into that. And today, the big idea that I want to leave you with is that we need to take time for wonder in our lives because it reveals and magnifies who God is, and it's good for us, good for our spirit, our soul, and our body. And we want to talk about some of those elements. But 
The word wonder is both a noun and a verb, as you know. And the word that's the noun is talking about that feeling. Yes, it's an emotion of surprise mingled with admiration. And it's caused by something beautiful, something that we um, didn't expect, something unfamiliar, something inexplicable, something that can't be explained sometimes. Wonder, the verb, on the other hand, is the desire to know or to be curious to know something and is often prompted by the noun wonder. We see something that causes wonder and we begin to ask questions about it. But today, our primary focus will be on the noun, on stopping for the wonder that's all around us, everyday wonder. So it's important to know when we think about wonder that wonder is emotional, that it's an experience, it's not a set of facts that you line up and go, wow. No, it is an emotional experience that we have. And in Mark's gospel, Jesus, Peter, James, and John have just come down from a mountain where they had a pretty wow experience. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. But when they come down off the mountain, um, they rejoin the other disciples. And here's what happens. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. Some translations say they were greatly awed and they raced to get to Jesus, not just ran. There's this sense of we can't get to him fast enough in that because of this experience, this feeling they had when they saw Jesus. So seeing Jesus overwhelmed people with wonder. People felt something and they experienced something. And I want you to remember that because when we're talking about wonder, we're talking about us seeing and experiencing something. Not just looking with our eyes, looking with our whole person. So you'll hear people, when they see something amazing or beautiful or awe-inspiring, they'll involuntarily ooh and ah and wow and whoa, right? Or maybe you might tear up a little bit when you see something, when you witness a kindness that somebody has done for somebody else and it causes tears. That's wonder, friends. That's everyday wonder. Or maybe you're going to get goosebumps, when you see a spectacular performance or perhaps you see a friend or a loved one do something that was in their power alley and they succeeded and they were, that was just like the achievement for them was so huge and you celebrated with them. Because if you remember nothing else about wonder, I hope you'll remember this, that wonder is another form of appreciation. That's why it's so powerful another form of appreciation. Our son Jordan loved the presidents. He loved studying the presidents. This is just on his own, and we fostered that once we saw his interest. Don't know why he developed that, but we gave him books on the president. And when um, we had a chance, we took him to Mount Rushmore. And as we gazed up at the carved images carved into that rock mountain, we were all standing there gazing at it, and we heard this voice from him that says, I've dreamed of this moment my whole life. So we were like, oh, inside, you know, Jared and I were like, man, okay, like we wanted to high five each other. Okay, this is <laughs> vacation win with the kids, right? So what happened is his wonder evoked wonder in us. But I want you to know something else that we did. We both looked at each other and said, his whole life of seven years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, that's what we were thinking. Now, he's not here today. He's with Lauren's family down in San Francisco. So, Lauren, Lauren and Jordan, I hope you're not watching. Okay. <laughs> the Bible, God's big story, is filled with wonder from beginning to end. Think about the beginning, Genesis. It starts with what? Creation, right? God creating everything into existence. All that we can see. But the thing is, there's a catch. It was completely untainted by sin. It was perfection. And in that, you have an amazing wonder. I don't know when the last time is that you read the creation story and you stopped long enough to think about what that meant. That means there were no weeds. There was no decaying. There was no grass growing that had to be mowed. It was always perfect. You, you didn't have thorns or thistles. There was no death or dying. It was complete beauty. Perfect beauty. That is wonderful. The thing is, God's big story also ends with a description of wonder about a new heaven and a new earth. And you can read this in Revelations because it tells us that that new heaven and new earth is, gonna, is even better than the original. This will be no tears. There'll be no pain. There'll be no brokenness of any kind. And there'll be no disease, no cancer to afflict anyone. None of the many autoimmune disorders that people struggle with through their whole life. Start putting some pictures with that, some people that you know. There'll be no MS. There'll be no ALS. You could just go on and on thinking about what this would be like. But guess what? He also says that this city down the middle of it has a river running that is as clear as crystal and that there is no artificial light source in this city. There's no auxiliary lighting needed, no power station needed because the presence and power of God lights it, illumines it for all of us. And not only that, that's where we're going to reign with him forever. Wow. The bookends of the Bible are filled with wonder. And in between creation and then the new heaven and new earth, the Bible's filled with examples of wonder. And wonder has generated so much interest in our culture today, and I think it's kind of a post-COVID thing. It's so much interest that it's a current focus of research. And Dr. Kelter, in his new book, Awe, The New Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life, has produced the results in this book of a study that he did worldwide of 26 different cultures and how people experienced, encountered and experienced wonder in their lives. People of all different faiths, mind you, so general population, huge wonder, and you'll understand why that's important in, in a moment. But I want you to know that he identifies eight sources or categories of wonder that people around the world experience. Eight arenas of life that evoke wonder in us. And the thing is, his research, like most research today, like most science today, they're making discoveries that affirm God's word affirm and confirm it. So I want to cover these eight areas. You might say, why are you going to do that? Well, this is why. Because if we're talking about everyday wonder, then I need to expand the horizons of what I'm looking for. And I think that identifying these eight areas will help. The first one is this. And this was the most, the highest one, the one that was most frequently experienced, moral beauty. Can you see the Imago Dei in that? That that was the most frequent experience with wonder across the world? What, is, what do we mean, moral beauty? We mean inspiring acts of goodness. In real life, it could be in a book, it could be a scene in a movie. I don't know, can you think of one of those from your life? 
Jesus' life was full of inspiring acts of goodness. In fact, in Acts 10, 28, what does he say? Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil. That's what Jesus was known for. And of course, we know he also has the ultimate expression of wonder in all that he did for us. But moral beauty. I couldn't help but think of a recent documentary that I was encouraged to watch by my niece's boyfriend. They were both with Samaritan's Purse. And he has actually been to the Nuba Mountains in the Sudan. He went there for three years and established a medical supply line. And in it, he stayed with the person I'm going to tell you about. His name is Dr. Uh, Tom Katina. And Dr. Tom has been there now for... 15 years, and when he came, there was a civil war, and there's many civil wars in Sudan's history, but they had Omar Bashir's was the dictator, and he wanted the Nuba Mountains for its resources, so he decided to bomb the natives out. He didn't do relocation, he didn't do anything, he just tried to destroy the people, and they started bombing by the hospital that Dr. Tom established there, Mother of Mercy Hospital, and they ask him, you, you need to leave. Now, you have to know, Dr. Tom sees 350 patients a day. He also has a clinic for tuberculosis, and he has a community for lepers as they're healing, and then when they're healed, they come back into the community. So they said, we think you should leave because, you know, we don't want anything to happen to you. And he said, I can't leave. That would say that my life is more important than yours, and it isn't. We all matter to God. And when I watched him talk on this, um, this documentary, it, it moved me so much to see someone who would sacrifice. He's 50 years old now, and he, mar and he ended up marrying a local woman there. But that's what we're talking about, inspiring acts of goodness. Do you ever find yourself drawn to tears over something that you see somebody willing to do? Collective effervescent is category number two for wonder. Okay, doesn't that sound like a research word? I mean, what do they say in there? Okay, I want to put it in my words. It's a vibrant community experience. That's, you've had these. I know that you have. When I tell you this, that in the 32nd chapter, one-year anniversary celebration, that is what Ilsean and Carlos highlighted, the vibrancy of the community that God is building here at Evergreen, diverse, multi-generational, full of life, together on mission, with their shared values, moving forward together and loving God and loving people, and helping people all over find and follow Jesus. You know, it's not unsimilar to Acts 2, verses 37 through 42, where we hear about the early church. Everybody loves that description that says that they not only met in the temple, but they met in homes. They had meals together. They took communion. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to prayer and to being with each other. Fellowship, that's just a Bible word for that. That is what we're talking about here. I, it can be a small group that you're a part of. I want you to think in your experience, have you had that group, that vibrant group experience where all of you are moving together in unison, experiencing something vital together. That's what's being talked about here. And then there's nature. Okay, and this one doesn't surprise you. It gets the most press, right? It does. And yet, we can even rush through that. Romans 1.20 says, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. 
so that people are without excuse. He's just saying, you can't miss me. I've, all of creation is speaking to us about God. Now, Jared and I recently hiked Elk Mountain, King's Mountain Loop. Some of you might have seen my post. I warned people off of that hike. We took that hike, and um, I fell five times on it. It was really not in good shape, so I don't recommend it. However, when we got to the top, we did what we always do. We got in the little summit picture, and we took a picture of both of us there. But this time, I told Jared, take a picture of me now, because you'll never see me here again. <laughs> That's right. I was like, done. All wonder was gone from the hike. <laughs> I'll wonder, until I went and I opened up the box and I pulled out, somebody had printed up little business card things with Psalm 19 on them. Here's how Psalm 19 begins, and I read these words aloud as up at the top of the mountain. I didn't know that five falls were ahead of me, but here we go. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voices go out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the earth. You can't stop the voice of creation and how it reveals to people who God is, how it speaks of, I'm here, I'm here. Research affirms God's word. People from around the world often sense the divine in nature, whether they're Christians or not. They, they said that in the survey even, which is really encouraging that some people that haven't yet said yes to Jesus are getting the message. They're starting to hear the message. Okay, Jared and I explored the South Island of New Zealand with a group of people that had seven birders in it. You know what a birder is? That's right, people who love birds and their sounds. I don't know if you knew this. We learned so much. Our, their interest improved our experience of the wonder on our trip there on the South Island. Did you know that bird songs and calls may be the most restorative sounds in all of nature? I know people put waterfalls. I thought it'd be water. But it's bird calls. You know why? Because the tweets are in the sweet spot for our hearing. The kilohertz are perfect range for most adults, most individuals. They can help reduce stress and give our brain and nervous system a much-needed rest. They can alleviate our anxiety and comfort us and bring us joy. So... These benefits increase when we see the bird that we're hearing. Oh, boy, did we find this out. Okay, we're out hiking with seven birders. I mean, I'm usually on a trail, and, like, I start moving and, you know, don't stop too much except to eat, of course, or snack. But not this time. Every time we heard a tweet or a song, we had to find the source of it. We had to find the bird. <laughs> And so we did that, and I didn't really know this about it at that time. I didn't realize how good that was for us, but I can say that we had this incredible experience. It did bring us a lot of joy, and I was even able to identify some birds for a tour group that was going through, and the guide didn't know the bird, but I knew it was the rifleman, <laughs> which is the smallest native bird in New Zealand. Okay, there you go. See, you learn all kinds of things through wonder. But... The novelty of a bird's appearance can activate the dopamine system in our brain, which boosts our mood and our motivation. Isn't that cool? So uh, why am I sharing this with you? Well, it does have impact because we're talking about stopping for wonder. And one everyday wonder is in the small things. 
the sound of those birds out of, outside your house, off your front porch or your deck, or walking in the neighborhood. It can be there. In fact, one of the ornithology researchers from Cornell said this, consider it a little emotional gift when you hear a bird and you see it. So that's one category. Nature is huge. But music is another category where we find wonder. Music can be both personal and collective wonder. Okay, personal is that some music evokes very personal memories for us of a specific event or occurrence in our life. And Jared and I, we had, for our wedding, we had Ode to Joy. It's Beethoven's song. And a youth leader who was very instrumental in my life came and played harpsichord. And my sister, Patty, whose siblings are always instrumental in your life, uh, she played the flute, and they played that at our wedding. And it doesn't matter what version or rendition I hear, even just I listened to it while I was preparing for this message. And you know what it does? I think about that day when I got to marry the man of my dreams. And I start thinking about all kinds of things about him that are wonderful. And it just induces, it brings me to a very wonderful place. That's the personal side of what music can do to evoke wonder. But what about the collective wonder when they're with a group and it evokes this collective experience? Okay, Taylor Swift concert. Let's talk Taylor Swift. Okay, because that's a perfect example. It didn't just cause an earthquake of 2.3 during part of the concert. Thousands of people of a particular generation and their children who they want to see and experience it, but of a particular generation have a shared history together who grew up while Taylor Swift was emerging as a musical force and writing her songs that expressed what they were living, what they were going through, what their time was about. And that is an incredible example of wonder. And if you read any of the posts on social media from people who attended that, you realize that this was what it was for people. They put, invested time, money, and a lot of effort to, be, to experience her. This fall, Lauren Daigle is coming to Portland with her Kaleidoscope tour. And she's an amazing writer of worship songs. And she's going to, we're going to have a collective wonder experience as we go to her concert and experience all that God is through the music that she writes. I mean, that's, that's wonder on steroids there. But Jared and I came across another wonder, another musical wonder when we were on the South Island. We were in Queenstown, New Zealand. And I want, would like to introduce you to the singing dog. Just to make her proud. You see, wonder really is personal. But there was a whole crowd of us stopped there to listen to this dog, <laughs> right? That's, that's what we're talking about. That can be a little emotional gift to you, particularly if you love animals, even if you're, you don't have them in your home. So then there's music, and then there's visual design. The temple that Solomon built for the Lord which is described so well in scripture. First, the instructions of it, but then the dedication of it and what it looked like. And what we know is that people from around the known world came to see that temple. And there was huge and tremendous sadness when that was destroyed. And the re re second rendition of it was not near. It didn't approach the first 
rendition of it, so much so that the Jewish people wept when they saw it. It was a beautiful visual display. Well, maybe you've been to Vincent Van Gogh's immersive art experience downtown in Portland. Jared and I went to that, and to be in the middle of his paintings, like you're surrounded, the floor, the ceilings, the walls are that. It's an incredible experience. It's part of the Imago Day in us that we admire, that we are overwhelmed with the design of certain things. Or you may, might be like my brother-in-law, who's a true motorhead, and this is what he finds <laughs> incredible. Design is found in a Chevy Chevelle. This is his drag racing. He's still drag racing at 72. He loves it. And there isn't a Chevy made on earth that he doesn't admire or like to talk about. And there's no motor he wouldn't love to discuss with you. It's what evokes wonder for him. So even in visual design, we have our preferences of what evokes wonder for us. And then there's spirituality and religion. Now, that's the terminology that the study used. But what we're really talking about here as Christians is the wonder that we experience in our relationship with God, our conversations, our, our listening to God. Jennifer Bailey grew up in a small town, white in a white town in Ohio, and she first felt racism as a five-year-old when she was playing on the slides, and another little girl said, why don't you wash your face? Now, this began to, it was when she really realized that she was the other to some people. Well, she ran, literally, she said she ran into a Bethel African Methodist church. She saw some people like herself and she ran in there, and there she experienced a community of people where she felt embraced by God. And over time, she awakened, she said, to the idea that I am the beloved of God. Would you say that with me? Pointing to yourself, I am the beloved of God. Yes, that is what was happening for her. And now she's Pastor Jen. She pastors a church that she describes as a soulful community of love, justice, and hope for everyone. Then there's life and death was another category. This one you think, wow, how could that be inclusive in this wonder? Well, let me share. The wonder of life is so fresh at birth. And no, I'm not going to regale you with stories of giving birth to my children. Um, but I do want to share what one midwife wrote as a description. The birth. You see the head crown and then the eyes and the face slowly appear. Wow. Wow, that's what she thinks. Each time, I don't believe that the baby will come out. That's what the moms are saying. <laughs> they're thinking it if they're not saying it, okay? And each time it does, she writes. It's a miracle. It's a privilege to witness life become. She said, my work is like a child. It doesn't belong to me. It came through me. Birth and death are metaphors for everything. Breathe in. I'm here. Breathe out. I expire. Wonder. So what do we mean that includes, we understand that birth could be amazing. But what about death? I couldn't help but think of my father-in-law, when he went to be with Jesus, he was in the hospital, he was nearing his last hours, his last moments, and um, we all gathered around his bed, 
And we began to sing Fanny Crosby hymns because those were the hymns he loved most. Blessed Assurance was one of those. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. But you see, as we're singing these songs, each of us is having our own experience, right? Because we don't go through that the same. And what I couldn't help thinking about was here was a man who finished eighth grade, but who memorized the New Testament while he worked for 20-some years on the green chain. Here was a man who never had a lot of money, but they supported missionaries around the world. They had a Rolodex that they prayed for these missionaries. Every night at dinner was a different missionary where they had this, their stories on little cards. Yeah, Rolodex, old school, friend. But that's what they did. And yet, he never lost an opportunity to give. When he came to your house, he always came with something. That includes us. He would bring us dried fruit that he'd dried from the orchard, or if it was the fall, fresh fruit from the orchard, garden produce, it would always be. It wouldn't matter what time of year. He'd make special dried fruits di dipped in chocolate. He loved to make stuff and give it away. And he never left our home without leaving something behind. This was a quiet man who didn't seek the stage, but his life told the story to a lot of other people. He was that person who did the acts of goodness that other people saw, not heard about, but they saw him do. That, my friends, is a part of what can bring comfort and joy to you in saying goodbye to somebody, is to take the time to think about what God has done in them and where they're going to be now. Death can hold some wonder. Then the last category is epiphany. Oh yes, those aha moments, those light bulb moments that we have. There are so many of these in the Bible, but one of my favorites is Saul's conversion from persecutor of Christians to becoming a Christian. Acts 8, you can read the story there, but he didn't just become a Christian. He became an apostle who preached the gospel to the known world at that time, who was persecuted time and again, stoned, beaten across his ministry life and ended up planting churches across the known world. An amazing follower of Jesus who eventually lost his life for his faith. That's his story. That's his epiphany. You know, when I think of epiphanies, you know, for us, I think about when Jared and I were 30 years old and we took a church where the pastor had morally failed. He'd run off with his daughter's best friend who was 18. And he had been the planter of that church. So it was very difficult. We were 30 years old. We had two little kids. We didn't know much. And we both were at the end of our, like, God, what do we need to do here? What do you want us to do? How are we going to do this? And this is what God said, the aha moment. Leadership happens by revelation, not management. And that changed everything. He said, I'm going to lead you step by step and show you what to do. And there were many more epiphanies through that process. Probably we could write a book on that. 
But here's the truth. God's wonders, friends, are plentiful. Psalm 40, verse 5 says this. Many, Lord God, are the wonders you've done, the things you've planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they'd be too many to declare. So I want to give you three reasons, which I've already hinted at in describing these categories of wonder, three reasons that you should take time, that we should take time to encounter, to stop for wonder whenever we find it. Everyday wonder. Number one is this, that wonder reveals and magnifies who God is. Now, when I hiked Tour de Mont Blanc with Jared, it was 100 miles around the Mastiff. We started in France to Italy to Switzerland and back to France. And one of the days, we came up over a watershed, and every time after we'd get up over the watershed, they'd always wait till then before we'd eat because they knew what was going to happen. You know, it slows you down. So we get up over the watershed. They spread out the picnic, and I went to the side because I looked around, and I said, we are surrounded by mountains. Here's the video. As I looked around at these mountains that were surrounding me, I couldn't help but think of Psalm 125. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people now and forever. And then Psalm 121 came to mind. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And in that moment, I wasn't just in God's hands, and his hand wasn't just upon me. His arms were around me. And that's what I reflected on. These mountains are embracing me. It's an expression of who God is. I am surrounded by the presence of God. So a few weeks ago, we hiked to Mount Rainier. Psalm 65, 8 says, The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. And when morning dawns, when even, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. This is the picture we got as we started our hike and the sun had first hit the mountain. Okay, but we did what a lot of people do. People do crazy things and start in the dark on strange trails that they don't even know. Why do they do that? Because of just what the psalmist says here. When morning dawns, what's that? Sunrise, right? Where evening fades, what's that? Sunset. God calls forth songs of joy. There's something special about sunrise and sunset. We've met many people. They don't all even believe in God yet. They don't all necessarily know him, but they believe that. They are attracted to it, and that's what we did. We got up at 4 a.m. for that shot and to start our walk. We got up at 4 a.m., took us a half an hour to get on the road. Then we had the, because we had to have coffee. That's the main thing. And then um, we got there to the mountain. We started the hike at 5.30, and that was the glimpse that we had. That was the payoff, if you will. People do crazy things. God calls forth joy in these moments of beauty. Secondly, wonder captures our intention God uses it to capture our attention and inspires us to ask questions about God and of God. 
So there's a scene in Exodus 3 where Moses is out tending his father-in-law's sheep. He's hiking or walking, whichever term you want to use, and he encounters this burning bush. But the fire was not consuming the bush. That's a wonder. That's unusual. That's not explainable. And so Moses stopped and went to see what this bush was about. He got a closer look, it says. Why wasn't it burning up? And then he heard a voice coming out of the bush, and it was God speaking. Now, this wonder, God used it to get Moses' attention, and when he realized that God was in it, God, he removed his shoes, and he had this incredible conversation with God. In that conversation, God does some more wonders, some more miracles, actually, right in front of him, and gives him some amazing promises for his life, some amazing promises about the future and where it was headed. And what did he use to get his attention? Wonder. Stopping for wonder gives God the opportunity to get our attention, to give us direction and talk to us. I love this Elizabeth Barrett Browning poem, Earth's Crammed with Heaven, and every common bush of fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. The question is, do you recognize everyday wonder around you or the bush of fire with God? Or do you sit around and pick blackberries or whatever else is on your to-do list? There's probably a better uh, statement there. And that brings us to the third reason why you want to pay attention to wonder is that wonder is good for us. We've said this before, spirit, soul, and body. First of all, it right-sizes us. This is probably one of the biggest benefits. I want you to take a look at these two pictures that were used in the research that was done. On the left, you have an image of Fisherman's Wharf, all man-made, what they're looking at there. That's exactly the image they looked at on a screen. They were asked to draw a picture of themselves as they looked at that. And over here, draw a picture of yourself. You can draw anything you want, and the picture can be anything, but a picture of yourself. We appreciate your help. They're looking at Yosemite. How big is the self in the man-made structures? Big. Over here, you have to look closely. They had to put a me next to it. It's down there on the level with the grass and the flowers. It's an expression of what happens. The self is diminished. It's not forgotten, but it is our attention is back on God and away from ourself. And that's always good for us. That's always good for me, I know. Secondly, it makes us curious. It, uh, it causes us to ask questions and learn new things. Isn't that what happened uh, to Moses? The wonder caused him to wonder what's going on. That happens for us as well when we take time for wonder. Thirdly, it makes us willing to sacrifice in order to serve others. When I watched the story of Dr. Tom Katina in Nuba, I was moved. I, I can do more. I even I started researching more of what's happening there currently. Fourthly, it expresses appreciation that helps us thrive, spirit, soul, and body. It improves our attention, lowers our anxiety, lessens our stress, and improves our mood. And I, uh, there's a young adult here at Evergreen who got to go fishing in the Kenai River in Alaska. Here's a picture of Nick Allenbaugh, right? He's sitting right up here. I asked him for permission because when he got home, or maybe while he was still there, he posted this and many other wonderful pictures. You should look it up. But he wrote these words. 
I don't have words to describe how amazing it was. I'll be thanking the Lord Jesus every day for the rest of my life for making such a beautiful and amazing body of water. That, my friends, is wonder's impact on us. He couldn't help himself. He had to tell us that this was so incredible because wonder evokes gratitude just in the acknowledgement of it. Just in the acknowledgement of it. So a personal challenge for each of us this morning. And this is it. That this week, this month, I challenge you to capture everyday wonder. Even just five minutes a day. God will use it to speak to you. He'll use it to direct you in your life. He'll use it to affirm you. And he'll use it to transform you. You don't need a van to see wonder. And you don't have to be a hiker. All of us can stop and pay attention to wonder around us, everyday wonder. You know, it's a lot like looking for that. You have that car that you picked out that you're going to buy, and you start looking on the road. What do you see? That car that you are going to buy. That happens. I can tell you that this year for Jared and I has been this year of multiplication of wonder, of the awareness of everyday wonder. And because of that, we've gotten smaller. God's gotten bigger. And we believe he is transforming us, but he's also helping us connect with a lot of other people in that. So today... I went to, um, well, actually, Jared and I went, and we saw this dahlia, and we can bring that up. Everyday wonder is small. This was at a Starbucks on our way home from visiting some cousins. We stopped for some coffee for the road, and this was at the counter. And I just commented to her about the, the dahlia. I said, man, that is beautiful. I mean, it was huge. And she said, oh, thank you. Immediately, she started smiling. She says, that's not all. She said, we have a couple people who have gardens, and they bring us cut flower very often like this to set, and <clears throat> every now and then they bring us all our own bouquets. Every partner gets one. So you see what happened there? By my noting the wonder, it evoked wonder for her. She had this appreciation <coughs> for what they're experiencing. Could I have that cup? <coughs> That's what you get when you go long. I'm, I'm pretty sure there were bets in kids' ministry. <laughs> but this is important. The ultimate act of wonder is what Jesus did on the cross. It's what we celebrated this morning in communion, that he paid the price for the sins of the whole world. Everybody's included in that. This morning, I don't know all your stories, but I want to encourage you, if your story is one of seeking, if your story is one of skepticism, maybe your, your story is one of, I have my doubts, or maybe it's one, I don't know what God could even think of a person like me. Maybe there's some shame there. I don't know. But I want you to know something. The ultimate act of wonder, the one that God would want you to pay the most attention to of all, is the fact that he loves you, that today you are his beloved and that your sins are forgiven. All you have to do is agree with him. Agree with him. Say yes to him. And this morning, I want to give that opportunity. And I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes and give privacy for a minute, just as we're thinking about that, what Jesus did for us. 
it's been 50 plus years since I said yes to Jesus. <laughs> but it will still bring tears to my eyes, the thought that there's somebody who doesn't yet know him, who doesn't yet realize how loved they are, how forgiven they've been. And so this morning, Lord, we make room for that. We make room for anybody in the room who doesn't yet know you. And I'm going to take just a moment. I'm going to look up, and all I'm asking you to do is to look up and connect with me. Look at me, and I'll know that that's your decision this morning, that you'd like to start that journey. It just begins with one step. You don't have to know everything about God. You don't even have to believe everything yet because you don't even know what to believe other than to believe in Jesus. That's what you're saying yes to. So I'm looking across the room, and if that's you, would you look up and make eye contact? If I miss you, just wave your hand. <laughs> Is that your decision? That's awesome. Great decision. <coughs> Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Is that your decision? Great decision. Great decision. Yeah, anyone else? Is that you? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for these ones who have said yes to you, who want to start that journey with you, that relationship with you. I thank you, Lord, that they are your beloved that you love them and that you're going to fill them with your spirit. They're going to get a walk ahead, not all alone, but with the help of this loving community here. Thank you for that, Jesus. I pray that this week you'd continue to reveal yourself to them and your love for them. Help them to see the wonder of a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. And now for the rest of us, Lord, too, we ask that this week, we would be open to your everyday wonder and we would stop even when we have a big to-do list and take time for you to lead us, direct us, heal us, transform us in our moments of wonder. In Jesus' name, amen.